listening to Hymns Illustrated, where hymns are explored, appreciated, and illustrated through stories, testimonies, and edifying conversation. I'm your host and fellow hymn fan, Kristen Eifeldano. Welcome to Episode 12 of the Hymns Illustrated Podcast. Last week, I introduced an upcoming new segment, and I wanted to talk about it just a bit more here from the get-go. This is a segment where you, fellow hymn fans, get to share how or why a hymn is meaningful to you. I've since decided to call it the Hymns for Life segment, which incidentally is also the name of our Facebook group where, honestly, I haven't interacted with a lot lately, but you are certainly Welcome to get in there and interact and share your favorite hymns and and talk about uh, what you've learned and how how you have been edified through our hymns. The Hymns for Life segment is brought to you by you. In a nutshell, it's a way for you to share a brief audio recording with me that I can feature here on the show for the edification of others. In this recording, you simply share a hymn and why it's meaningful to you. I gave an example script last week that was a good one. It was a personal one, but I wanted to make sure you know that sharing why a hymn is meaningful to you may not follow that script exactly. In that example, I shared a memory I connect with the hymn, Haven of Rest. My dad wrote it in his Bible, and we sang it at his funeral. That is one way that hymn is meaningful to me. But you don't have to have a memory, a specific memory associated with a hymn in order to share it. You just need a testimony. What hymns, verses, or lines speak to you the most and why? How do they express just so perfectly what God has done in your heart and in your life? That kind of story works too, and it will probably be a bit more relatable to others than just a single memory. To learn how you can participate, just go to hymnsillustrated.com slash podcast or email me at kristen at hymnsillustrated.com. Okay, so you know the drill. We're going to start with remembering our hymn of the month. This is our last week delving into Robert McChaney's hymn of testimony, I Once Was a Stranger. And then next week, I'll have a new hymn for you. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited about it. Then then we will discover in this episode a new or little known hymn together, and then we'll close with a challenge, a way for you to put Colossians 3.16 into action into your own life. All right, so now let's remember our hymn of the month. Our hymn of the month is Robert McChaney's hymn, I Once Was a Stranger, which is sung to the tune of My Jesus, I Love Thee. And in every single stanza, we see the Hebrew name for God, Jehovah Tzikenu, or one of the Hebrew names for God, which means the Lord, our righteousness. To access the Hymn of the Month resource page, go to hymnsillustrated.com and sign up for the Hymn of the Month newsletter at the top of the page. You will be immediately redirected to this month's hymn, and you'll be sure to get next month's hymn delivered to your inbox as well. Anyway, back to our hymn. This is the hymn writer's salvation testimony, and it is thought-provoking, and it is spirit-lifting. 
If you'll recall, stanzas one to three are about McCheney's heart and life before salvation. Stanza four was all about that pivotal pivotal moment when free grace awoke him with light on a, from on high, that is the Holy Spirit's conviction. And then today we're doing a deep yet short dive into stanzas five through seven, which are about his heart and life after salvation. And it will be a little different than usual, but I think you'll like that. So so stay tuned. That is coming shortly. By way of refresher, I will read the entire hymn for you one last time. I once was a stranger to grace and to God. I knew not my danger and felt not my load. Though friends spoke in rapture of Christ on the tree, Jehovah to Kenyu was nothing to me. I off read with pleasure to soothe or engage Isaiah's wild measure and John's simple page. But even when they pictured the blood-sprinkled tree, Jehovah to Kenyu seemed nothing to me. Like tears from the daughters of Zion that roll, I wept when the waters went over his soul, yet thought not that my sins had nailed to the tree. Jehovah to Kenyu, t'was nothing to me. When free grace awoke me by light from on high, then legal fears shook me, I trembled to die. No refuge, no safety in self could I see. Jehovah to Kenyu my Savior must be. My terrors all vanished before the sweet name. My guilty fears banished. With boldness I came to drink at the fountain, life-giving and free. Jehovah to Kenyu is all things to me. Jehovah to Kenyu my treasure and boast. Jehovah to Kenyu I ne'er can be lost. In thee I shall conquer by flood and by field, my cable, my anchor, my breastplate and shield. Even treading the valley, the shadow of death, this watchword shall rally my faltering breath. For while from life's fever my God sets me free, Jehovah Tzikenu, my death song shall be. That last stanza draws my mind to two things. First, this isn't the only hymn that references loving Jesus while dying. In fact, there's another hymn that does so, and it shares the tune to this one. My Jesus, I Love Thee, written by a newly converted teenager, William Featherston, who also experienced an early death when he was in his late 20s. In Featherston's hymn, in the third stanza, he wrote, I'll love thee in life, I will love thee in death, and praise thee as long as thou lendest me breath. And say, when the death dew lies cold on my brow, if ever I love thee, my Jesus tis now. In case you are wondering, Featherston was born just a few years after McCheney went home to be with the Lord. So I wonder if perhaps McCheney's hymn was an inspiration to Featherston. The second thing that, that comes to mind when he writes, when McCheney writes, For a while from life's fever, my God sets me free. Jehovah to Kenyu, my death song shall be. It reminds me of the way McCheney passed away. He wrote these words according to at least one source in 1835, and then he died from typhus fever in 1843. So those are just a couple of things that my mind is drawn to when I read that last stanza. What a testimony McCheney had, even though he had such a short life. He was around 30. Over 7,000 people attended his funeral. 
McCheney's joyful declaration of his life in Christ made a difference in the lives of people he knew, and it makes a difference in our lives today. His hymn not only reminds us of all we have in Christ and the darkness Christ rescued us from, but it gives us an example of what a joyful testimony looks like, and it helps motivate us to share our own testimonies. Banish fears, vanish terrors, drinking at the fountain of life, Jesus as our treasure, Jesus as our everything, victory and support in trials. What a wonderful way to describe the life of a Christ follower, and it's absolutely true. So to close our month of remembering this hymn, I'm going to review some scripture passages that I'm guessing McCheney surely had in mind as he penned his lyrical description of his new life in Christ. When we're in Christ, we are no longer in bondage to the law and the penalty of our sin, which is death. So we no longer need to fear or live in dread or terror. Romans 8, 1 through 12, 1 through 2, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. When we are in Christ, we have forever access to Christ who is the fountain of life. John seven thirty seven through 39 On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Spirit has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When we are in Christ, we also have all that matters. 2 Peter 1, 3-4 reminds us, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And Luke 10, 41-42 recounts the story of Mary and Martha. And uh, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha was busy serving, and the Lord answered her, and, and Martha was upset about this, and the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you were anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Christ is our good portion, and he will never be taken away from us. When we are in Christ, we are rich beyond measure. Ephesians 2, 4-7 But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And then Philippians 4.9, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And then last, but definitely not the very last, uh, last for this podcast, This hymn reminds us that when we are in Christ, 
we are more than conquerors. Back to Romans 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. How's that for an uplifting close to our hymn of the month? Just a reminder of all the scripture allusions that are in this hymn and, and how we, what we have in common with Robert McChaney uh, when, we, when we are in Christ as well. I'm edified and I hope that you are too. All right, now let's discover a new or little known hymn together. It's time for our Discover segment. I'm an admirer of many of Joseph Swain's hymns, and perhaps someday I'll do more research on his life and use one of those hymns as our hymn of the month. But in the meanwhile, I will read a shortened version here of one of my favorites. His original is quite long and includes many allusions to the Song of Solomon. O thou in whose presence my soul takes delight, on whom in affliction I call, my comfort by day and my song in the night, my hope, my salvation, my all. Where dost thou, dear shepherd, resort with thy sheep to feed them in pastures of love? Say, why in the valley of death should I weep or alone in this wilderness rove? Or why should I wander an alien from thee or cry in the desert for bread? Thy foes will rejoice when my sorrows they see and smile at the tears I have shed. He looks, and ten thousands of angels rejoice, and myriads wait for his word. He speaks, and eternity filled with his voice re-echoes the praise of the Lord. Dear shepherd, I hear and will follow thy call. I know the sweet sound of thy voice. Restore and defend me, for thou art my all, and in thee I will ever rejoice. Stanza four, at least the, the stanza, the fourth stanza in what I just read you, and the longer version, it may be a different number, um, is my favorite. He looks and ten thousands of angels rejoice, and myriads wait for his word. He speaks and eternity filled with his voice re-echoes the praise of the Lord. That is just beautiful poetry. All right. Now it's time to close with our take it with you segment. This is an easy one. Google Joseph Swain's hymn that I just read in the Discover segment. And in fact, I'll include a link in the show notes to the hymn, save you a little bit of time, maybe, (laughs) and read the whole text for yourself. That's all for today. Tune in next week, Lord willing, for Hymns Illustrated, episode 13. 
Thanks for listening to Hymns Illustrated. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you can say thank you by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, or by shopping at christianbook.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. All of these gestures keep Hymns Illustrated going and growing. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep your hymnal open.